0: Hi, this is Jeff Richards, Columbus, Ohio. You're listening to Barbecue Central.
1: Start the game! Let's go!
0: We'll do it live. Okay. Well, do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live!
2: So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood.
0: Are you sure it's safe? Whatever.
2: We put the lighter fluid on,
0: strike your match, and... Oh! Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea.
2: Welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show, a show that talks about all things that are important to the world of live fire cooking and grilling, the whole industry, for crying out loud, originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio the barbecue capital of the north coast i am your program host greg rempe happy to have you aboard here on your tuesday you've been thinking to yourself since last tuesday man next tuesday which is this Tuesday, I'm going to call in or I'm going to email the show. Here's how you do it.
1: You can get in touch with the show by calling 216 Email Greg at com On the Twitter and Instagram, at BBQ at bbqcentralshow.
2: Everything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening coming up in about 12 minutes from now. The second Tuesday of the month is here. It is falling upon us, and we have to be able to muscle through it, get you some St. Paddy's Day recipes, talk about pastrami, talk about corned beef. It's kind of a yearly visit at this point of the year. There's some things that you've come to find, as I was talking with John Solberg a little earlier about this show. There are definitive points where if you've never listened to the show, it's all going to be new depending on when you listen to the show this year. But then if you're a longtime fan of the show, you know there's going to be certain food holidays and or holidays in general where we're going to be refreshing ourselves on some of the classics. We'll also be talking about twists and new techniques. But standbys are absolutely at the forefront here, especially this evening. We are perhaps a week or two away from St. Patrick's Day. I don't know really anything about it. I I don't like to follow it. I'm not a big fan of St. Patrick's Day. I don't understand why there's so much hubbub about it other than getting completely shit-faced if that's your deal. But whatever you like, I don't particularly understand it. But just because I don't find all of the goings-on to be of value doesn't mean that you don't, so I will continue to structure the show for the majority of you and not the minority of us, especially when it comes to St. Patrick's Day. So the second Tuesday of the month guest, without any introduction, is Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. He is a Barbecue Central Show guest, Hall of Famer. He was a short list on the final nine last year, but didn't make it over the hump into the hall of fame for class of 2019. However, complete side note that I didn't think I would mention, 2020 nominations for the barbecue hall of fame are open. If you go to barbecuehalloffame.com or something along these lines, you can fill out the nomination form. I would say regardless of who you're going to nominate if you're going to take the time, make sure you're filling it out properly. Don't just give two or three word answers assume this the person that you are nominating isn't necessarily known by everybody on the nominating committee and then after that cuz once you get nominated you're in for 5 years or 3 years or whatever it was i'll get a better handle on that as the weeks get closer but you once you're nominated in your name stays in a large pool and then if you make it to a final 9 then you're uh, in a separate pool and then if you uh, don't get picked you go all the way back to the original holding tank so like for instance I know I've been nominated like every year I've never made it to the second cut uh, also never made it into the final cut of getting into the barbecue Hall of Fame so uh, many people have gotten out and made the nine but then gotten dumped back in it with me but you have to continue to nominate because at some point in time the name falls off if you don't get brought up continuously so whoever you're going to nominate if you're going to nominate get through the explanations on the nomination form and explain yourself as if perhaps nobody has ever heard of this person and really give a detailed account about why you think they should be in the barbecue hall of fame so my suggestion to you but i think they take them until april end of april uh, get to the website and check it out so meathead in the first hour as usual second hour I will be joined by a guest who has been on maybe three or four times in total. I'm going to share a fun fact with him when he comes on around 10:14, uh, and I don't want to bust it right now. But I fell in love with my first or my guest in the second hour when I saw him on television when he was a contestant on Hell's Kitchen, which after two or three seasons I grew weary of and stopped watching altogether. But when I was watching it, I was a huge fan Mostly because Gordon Ramsay was just being incredibly, uh, he was letting people have it, let's say. Not only is he a master with the knife, but with the tongue as well, cutting people up and down. The likes few have ever seen on cable television or broadcast television, any television for that matter. I would love to have Gordon Ramsay on the show. Maybe someday. We're getting bigger and bigger every day. But... He is the owner of the Smoke Shop. He was at a, a, the uh, founder for a restaurant that is currently no longer open, Tremont 647. He has written a number of books with his co-pitmaster or, or barbecue competition teammate, legend Chris Hart from IQ. Andy Husbands will rejoin the show, andyhusbands.com, his website. So very excited to get caught up with Andy in the second hour. There you have it. Your phone calls and emails should you feel free to mix in 216-220-0966, greg at com. Now, get ready for something huge during the fourth Tuesday of this month, during the second hour, which is the Embedded Correspondence. We're bringing you something the likes you have never seen or heard on this show before, in a word, idle, in more than one word, Barbecue Central American Idol. That's right. The newest take on stupid singing shows will invade the Barbecue Central show during the Embedded Correspondence segment. And it is going to be a weeks-long competition. So in two weeks, there is going to be myself and Doug Scheiding and John Solberg and Reiser all laying down the first two verses and subsequently choruses. Of the monster late 70s hit Jailbreak by Finn Lizzy. Everybody loves that. We're all going to be singing it. And then we will leave it up to America to vote. Once the votes are tabulated, the top three will move on to the following week. The least amount of votes gotten will summarily be kicked off. And then we will go from uh, the second week to the third week. Then we will come to a final two. There perhaps will be a duet done with the final two before, during the final show, there will actually be a live singing going on, a live singing competition where a winner will be picked by the end of show. So it's going to be two, three, four weeks, whatever it's going to be. It's going to be great. It's going to be the Barbecue Central Show American Idol edition, and it will happen the fourth Tuesday in the second hour, and we start this month here in March. So mark it on your calendars. It's going to be great. A lot of us are really good singers, so it's going to be really close, I would imagine, in the voting. Now, a bit of show news. The Tennessee Embedded Correspondent, Steve Ray, has tendered his resignation from the show in any and all forms going forward at this point. I don't really have a lot of information to tell you why that is because, quite simply, he didn't offer much of an explanation other than it was time for him to move on. And he had a few other projects that he wanted to dedicate more time to. So if you are a fan of Steve's and certainly no bigger fan of Steve's than me, you will certainly miss him during the Embedded Correspondent segment going forward and some other segments that we used to do on a fairly recurring basis. And to that end, I do want to say thank you to Steve specifically. He's been a very integral part and important part of this show for many, many years. It's been way more behind the scenes than on air. But this is how it goes with all the ECs. Certainly, you hear them on the show once per month. But the bigger interaction is the daily sharing of info and news and rumors and lots of, in general, ball-busting. And Steve has been an incredibly valued teammate because of his cooking experience, his real-world experience, his unique ability to stand his ground when arguing opinions on the show. And trust me, it's not easy to do when the red light is on. Everybody thinks it's easy to do, but it's not. And Steve excelled at it. And in doing so, helped us bring the show to a new level. So, I just wanted to give a mention to Steve. We wish him good luck in uh, whatever he's doing. If I get more information that I'm able to pass along to you, we certainly would do that. But we'll be missing Steve here in a couple weeks. Certainly was ready to hear Steve lay down thin Lizzie. So that's the latest and the greatest This is the show. This is what happens. We continue to press ahead. And remember, not one person makes or breaks this show except me. If I leave, the show's over. How dare you! That's right. Everybody else, we'll muddle through it together. We'll muddle through it together. All right, before we get to Meathead, I want to talk to you quickly about Green Mountain Grills two lines to choose from a choice line a prime line the prime line newer right that one's a little bit more robust on the build you got the in windows on the cooking chamber on the pellet hopper i have one sitting in the garage that i have put together yet but i'm gonna pretty soon volleyball season coming to a close here in the first national round for young marley but i'll get that thing together we'll see how it cooks two internal beat probes Really easy user interface. You can make temperature adjustments on the cooker right from the app if you want to do that. Monitor internal temperatures of the meat if you want to do that, times two. You can also choose the choice line if you want to save a couple bucks. Why not? You don't get the peek in window on the cooking chamber, on the Pellet Hopper. You don't get Wi Fi, but maybe you don't need Wi Fi. Maybe you're like me. Say, hey, I don't need to be tech geek marron on this. I just want a solid cook. I don't need all the tech. Fine. Choice line is something you want to take a look at. Jim Bowie, Daniel Boone, the ones that go into the backyards or perhaps mounted on trailers. Davy Crockett is the one that takes with you. The Prime line and the Davy Crockett all have 12 volt inverter technology. So if you don't have access to a traditional power outlet, you can plug them all in to the adapter in your car or the outlet in your car. And they come with battery clamps too. Greenmountaingrills.com. Find a dealer near you and check them out. Put your hands on it. All the dealers are well trained, they'll get you educated. That way, when you get home, no buyer's remorse, just cooking and enjoyment, succulent smoked wood from pellets. Pellet cookers continuing to dominate here in 2020. We're back with Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. But in the meantime, GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. Stick around. We'll be right back.
1: Casting live from the Barbecue Central Show studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe.
2: And this portion of the show being brought to you by Butcher's Barbecue, makers of award-winning injections, marinades, rubs, seasonings, barbecue sauces, grilling oils, all of Butcher Barbecue products tested on the competition circuit and winning. Also in backyards, winning there as well. Be the pitmaster of your neighborhood and visit ButcherBBQ.com to stock up right now. That's ButcherBBQ.com and always trust your butcher. All right, it is the second Tuesday of the month. And you know what that means? The creator of the most heavily trafficked barbecue and grilling website ever on the face of the earth. It is, of course, Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. Hey, Meathead.
0: Hello, Greg and hello, Centralites. How's the Barbecue Rock start from the well, Rock and Roll you We are City. feeling
2: really good tonight. We've had a couple great days of very spring, perhaps even more than spring-like weather. We're yes. coming back to a little bit of reality here today, tomorrow, of course. But, geez, Thursday, it's going to be 67 degrees here in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame City. I can't believe it. Unbelievable! Yeah, we've had we've got crocuses and some of the daffodils popping up already. You want to yell at them? Go
0: back! Go back!
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's coming up very quickly. So, uh, speaking of things that are coming up quickly, is St. Patrick's Day. Of course, we're going to be talking a little bit about corned beef and pastrami and methods. We have some Facebook questions as well in that regard. So we'll get at that here in a second. But let me ask you something, Meat. I don't know if you keep up on the news. But there's this little thing called coronavirus going around. It's got – man, I was trying to think of what has generated more negative heat on the Internet. Has it been smoke fire from Weber or is it this coronavirus? (laughs) Perhaps they were going neck and neck. But in all seriousness, what do you know about – You know,
0: maybe maybe
2: you're propagating an interesting theory here. I've
0: heard all manner of theories about smoke fire. Maybe – Smoke fire is infected with coronavirus.
2: This could be it. This could be it. Who knew? Who knew it was going to take a health pandemic to upstage the smoke fire negativity, if you can believe that. So, um, Well, you know, I mean, we,
0: we all have to be concerned, clearly. We all have to pay attention to what the health experts say. What does your wife say about it? Ah. <sighs> Yeah, for your listeners who don't know, my wife just retired as a food safety expert from the FDA. Um, She's on top of the, I mean, pretty much in tune with what everybody says out there. It is different than the flu. Um, It is more dangerous than the flu, but it is similar in some regards. And uh, I don't know that I am entitled to talk any more about it other than two theories. Oh. Theories. Great. I
2: love theories. Go ahead.
0: Well, I mean, people are a little afraid to go out. Um, A lot of conventions have been canceled. Chicago uh, has lost uh, conventions that totaled well over 100,000 visitors. That's going to affect hotels, restaurants, cabs, Ubers.
2: Presidential hopefuls were going to be speaking in Cleveland tonight. Uh, Biden and Sanders, both of them canceled. Yeah, yeah. So that's going to affect a
0: lot of things. But it might affect our favorite hobby. If people are staying home and they're not going to restaurants, they might be cooking more. And here and we just had daylight savings time. I mean, I sat down to dinner tonight and it was still daylight yes. out, which means that's primo grilling time. Weather is creeping up into the 50s and 60s here in the frozen north. So maybe. This will be good for grills, grilling, barbecue, outdoor cooking, and all those fun things that we love uh, as people um, take staycations.
2: All right. Now, let me ask you this, uh, because this is the only thing that could potentially, from a business standpoint, affect AmazingRibs.com. You have a meetup coming in Memphis. Has there been any Uh, talk about if you need to put it off or cancel Mm -hmm. at this point? Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, I think – so we have a trip. This is completely unrelated, but we have a trip. That we had booked many weeks ago prior to all this popping up to go to mm-hmm. Daytona. Now, uh, this is a trip that we had to take because our original trip to Daytona to watch my oldest play volleyball was canceled because of the hurricane that happened in September. So we couldn't go at that point because of the hurricane. Now we have coronavirus coming up. Uh, we're standing to lose 50% of our Airbnb. They won't give us a, a full refund if we wanted to. Now we're trying to debate if we should go. So, there is business that is going to be affected all around. I mean, we're seeing it all—all uh, all of the big cities. But what about you? I mean, is this uh, something you were talking mm-hmm. about, and, and how could you be impacted?
0: Yeah, we're we we you know we're right on top of it, as you can imagine. Uh, for listeners who are not familiar, um, amazingribs dot is planning an event that starts July thirty first, runs for three days. It's in Memphis, and it's a uh, part barbecue lovers uh you know there 's never been a big convention for barbecue lovers there's little festivals there's competitions there's a trade national barbecue association a trade as a conference, but we're planning the first conference for backyard barbecue lovers in Memphis with seminars and visits to barbecue joints and all kinds of fun stuff and um so we're looking ahead i mean. There are some people who are knowledgeable who think that perhaps if it is at all like the uh, the flu it'll die off as the warm weather comes up um, uh, there are others who are looking at China where it seems to be tapering off perhaps not, not you know fewer people are susceptible than we feared who knows who knows we're, we're, we're looking July 31st we haven't even reached out to the hotel we're staying at the peabody one of the grand hotels uh, you know they got their hands full with everybody else who's running events this week and next week and the week after i'm not even bothering them with any questions we'll we're going to ride it out a little while longer uh we, we have slowed down on promotion and advertising because we just don't want to spend money chasing people to come right when we don't think they're going to be booking a, vacations very often but uh, we've only had, um, out of 300 people who've booked, two people cancel.
2: Hmm. So, good retention, um, good retention.
0: Yeah, we'll see. You know, I mean, fingers crossed. Um, but the fingers are crossed more for the fact that we just don't like the idea of fellow citizens dying. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm just hopeful that, uh, you know, the precautions we're taking and the, uh, the efforts that are being made for, vaccines uh, will um, mitigate some of the problems, and maybe the weather will as
2: well. All right. We'll see what's going on. We're talking with Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. Let's quickly transition over to the second part of the corona stuff that we were talking about, which is smoke fire. That's certainly been a hot topic. (laughs) We've talked about it. I mean, it's been in... I guess, a new cycle now for going on the better part mm-hmm. of the month. I had Kevin Coleman on last week, and we I talked listen. 45, 50 minutes that he gave us. And, uh, you know, I asked all the important questions. Uh, it's certainly up to the listener to decide whether he was uh, brutally honest or forthcoming or if he was towing the company line. To me, if you're working for Weber, it's going to be hard not to paint more of a rosy picture, whether you personally feel that way or not. So it wasn't necessarily surprising to me, but he certainly didn't necessarily uh flatly deny to answer anything he did answer everything that Mm -hmm. i asked him so as a trusted source for review we know max good is the only guy out there testing cookers Uh, where are you at in the testing process and and when can we expect a full-on review
0: um max is on his way tomorrow to new orleans for the Hearth Patio Barbecue Association Conference, it has not been canceled. Well, Weber is uh, not going to there, by the way. I did not know that, but I am not surprised. A lot of, I mean, I've told Max, um, Clint is on his way on vacation um, overseas and others. I've told everybody on our team, if business requires travel, you are free to stay at home if you wish. Um, Max said he's not afraid um, and I uh, and he wants to go. And the conference wasn't canceled. Um, there has not been a problem with a major outbreak in New Orleans, so he's going. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, um, this could get a lot worse, in which case there may be grounds for fear. I have two trips scheduled myself in the near future, one to Pennsylvania and one to Memphis for Memphis in May. I'm not canceling. Um, uh, I'm elderly. Um, what? I'm not in <laughs> yeah, I'm 71. Uh, you know, I, you know, we're just gonna everybody like everybody else gonna play it by ear. But back to smoke fire. Um, a couple of things to consider. Um, Weber sent about set about to solve the problems that pellet smokers struggle with. They wanted to make it easy to clean. They wanted to make it so that it could grill a steak and get a really good dark mahogany sear um, on all sides, not just grill marks. Um, They wanted to make it so that it would both cook hot and fast, searing a steak, as well as low and slow. Um, They wanted to make it really easy to operate, software-driven, with cooking programs, and make it um, as easy or easier than indoor cooking. Um, uh, I mean, I think we're seeing in the world of culinary a move towards programmable frying pans now, towards uh, countertop uh, devices like air fryers and um, uh, high-speed convection ovens. Uh, all kinds of new technology and pellet smokers are on the forefront of this new culinary technology. And they really wanted to make a device that would solve a lot of problems. And um, with all due respect to Kevin, whom I admire and like very much, he denied that they rushed it to market. But I think when you look at the very basic fact that when you unboxed your machine you had to download a firmware update now that means that the the hardware built into the machine needed to be updated and the app that drives the hardware in the machine from your smartphone also shipped and needed update and wasn't complete it admittedly still was missing some of its functionality if that isn't the definition of rushing to market I don't know what is Um, now they claim to have done extensive testing on this thing but uh, several early purchasers did run into problems with grease fires. Um, They saw a lot of fly ash which uh, we can talk about in a minute. Um, There were some issues with the pellets not feeding um, easily. You addressed a lot of these last week. You did a great job uh, as Inquisitor last week. Yes, I did. And there were some other issues that were – and so, you know, it it sounds like they made a valiant effort but fell short. And some of these things may be reconcilable. Like I am told – I haven't seen it yet – that they have come up with a solution to the pellets not sliding downhill properly. They've, I don't made a, they've
2: made a ramp insert. They'll send you a ramp that has, I, I think, more of a uh, decline or incline, I guess, the way you mm-hmm. look at it and it will feed the pellets in more efficiently so you don't have to go in and manually send them down their way.
0: Well, it sounds like a, um, a an intelligent kludge, um, you know, a real MacGyver. Um, of course, what I've heard is, is it reduces the capacity of the pellet hopper which they had deliberately said could hold 23 pounds, 22 pounds, which 22 pounds, I'm sorry, 22 pounds, which meant you buy a 20 pound bag and dump it in. And when it gets down to tw- two pounds left, you could dump another bag in. So you never run out. And that's nice design. I believe this new ramp reduces that capacity. And so that neat little concept and feature may be negated. Um, You know, this is only a factor when you're doing a 12-hour, 8-hour long cook that you, I mean, you just got to reach into the hopper and push the pellets. Um, Not the end of the world, but if you set this thing up at 10 o'clock at night and don't get up till 10 o'clock the next morning or so, you might have an issue. Um, So it's not ideal. Um, uh, The bigger issue was these grease fires. Um, and that seems to be, to me, to be a um, uh, a design flaw. Max was able to reproduce the problem. It appears that ash in the burn pot, um, it's designed, the bottom of the burn pot is got slats so that the ash would fall through. What a clever idea. And almost all the other um, pellet smokers. I think, and I say almost, I think in all the other pellet smokers, the ash remains inside the burn pot. And so eventually it builds up and it can smother the fire. And so you have to get in there and to get in there means you've got to lift out the grates. You've got to lift out a big, heavy deflector plate. Maybe there's some more stuff Minor, smaller deflector plates in there, and you, you got to wear gloves because it's all slimy and greasy down in there. And then you got to pull out the uh, uh, burn pot, which is full of ash, dump it out, and put it back in. And so, you know, it, it, and you got to do this maybe after every eight or ten cooks. So it's a bit of a pain.
2: You know, I got to tell you, Meathead, is somebody who has uh, a pair of Green Mountain Grills, a Traeger, an original Grilla, uh, all have. The big full length deflector shields on them. Uh, none of the perforated burn pots as you know the the Weber has. I've never once had a fire smother itself. Uh, seven, eight, ten, twelve cooks in between. I'll take everything out, take a shop vac, suck it all out, and then I'll take a handful or two of pellets and recharge the pot uh, before instead of just turning it on and waiting for the auger to push the pellets in to uh, light it a little bit more efficiently. I have to tell you, uh, I mean, there have You're been very... You're more diligent than I. There, but there's been well, 10 or 12 cooks. I mean, that's pretty lazy, I think, uh, before yeah, cleaning them me. out.
0: You're but You're talking to me. I'm
2: lazy. There hasn't, I've had, there hasn't I've had, been... I've had flame-outs. There hasn't been an incredible amount of grease or buildup or anything, probably because you have that full-length deflector that's going off to channel the grease into some outside bucket or catch... Or pan or whatever you want to call it. So I don't. I mean, there there isn't a lot of grease buildup in every other cooker that I've ever I, had. I get a lot of carbon buildup. I mean, that drip hits that grease pan and
0: it burns on. I have to get out a. But don't
2: uh, you foil your grease pan?
0: No. Why well, not? I, what are you a maniac? I. You know, I'm just. I, I. I. didn't. I don't foil it. I just think it might somehow rather interfere with the heating property. Don't you like I, you?
2: Do you hate? You Do you hate being clean and efficient?
0: No, I should foil it, um, um, but I don't. And oh. and so I have to get out a steamer every now and then oh, and steam dear. it
2: clean. No, always foil the, uh, the pan. It's not doing anything for heat. Um, yeah. So uh, no. I, I think the, uh, the, I don't know, uh, the other thing that I wanted to mention is you said that they were trying to get to a, a point where they were making all things for all parties. And I have to be honest. I don't understand why when I buy a pellet cooker, never once that I think while I'm cooking it on my Traeger or my Green Mountain Grill or my Grilla or you name it, boy, I wish this thing could grill a steak. If I wanted to grill a steak, I'd fire up my gas grill or my charcoal grill and grill a steak or a burger or hot dogs. Mm -hmm. To me, the pellet cooker is really good anywhere from 180, maybe to 375, anything over 400, you know, fuck that. I'm going to go ahead and fire up a grill, and I'll go indirect at that point. But I understand that perhaps you need more than one appliance in order to operate efficiently.
0: Well, I mean, that that's thats you. I mean, Yes, but I'm people.
2: right, and most people are wrong, meathead. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. Well, that's always
0: the case. But nice. uh, most people, they go down to the hardware store, and they want to buy one device that does grilling and smoking. And they don't understand a lot about the differences between direct heat and indirect heat, convection flow, infrared, conduction, and so on. And they want a simple device. And the beauty of the pellet smokers are is they're digital. You push a button just like you do indoors. Sure, very uh, easy. Uh, yes, it works. And so they want to be able to cook a steak on it, and they want to be able to do burgers, and they want to do um, all everything on it. And, um, and, they, and and most pellet cookers don't. And I get a lot of people writing me saying, well, mine does a great job on steaks. One of the problems we have here is what m- many people's definition of a great sear is and what my definition of a great sear is. And my definition of a great sear is what you would get at a great steakhouse, which is an even color, all the same dark brown mahogany, edge to edge, not grill marks, um, and uh, that's the Maillard reaction. And you, it's very hard to do that with because hot air, and this is a concept that we've talked about it before, hot air is not an efficient transmitter of energy. And in fact, air is a good insulator. Um, and so it's really hard to get a good dark Maillard reaction in a hot air device like an oven or a pellet smoker. But you can get um, a good dark sear from infrared radiation, which comes from flame. Mm-hmm. And that's what the smoke fire attempts to do, is give you a good flame sa- uh, exposure. All right, look, let's for, bottom for line problems. it
2: here, Meathead, because I don't want to get off track because we got some other things to talk about here before we go yeah. into the second segment. When can we expect a f- official review from AmazingRibs.com?
0: Any day now. Um, as soon as Max comes back from... He, he turned it in today. I have it on my desk, and I was editing it... Um, Uh, when uh, we started this conversation. I should finish editing it tomorrow, and I turn over to David Joachim, who is another editor, two editors, everything goes through two editors, Um, and uh, when Max comes back we'll show him the edited version and make sure we didn't do any harm to his piece, and uh, it should be available online sometime next week. And and this is something I really want to touch base on. uh, there were a number of people who got their hands on this thing early um, and um, immediately started noticing some of these issues that it's hotter on one side than on the other, that uh, there can be grease fires. Um, by the way, the grease fires are easily prevented by just sweeping the ash out after every cook or two. What the problem is is the ash blocks the grease drain. And once the ash blocks the grease drain, the grease builds up. And if a spark hits it, you got a fire. So you just got to get in there. It's a design flaw. They should not have put the grease drains there. They should have put some sort of cover over it or a flange or something. But it's there, and all you got to do is – and it's easy because this machine doesn't have a big uh, deflector. It's easy just to reach in there with a whisk broom or a paintbrush or bare hands and just get the ash away from the drain holes, and you won't have a grease fire. So, you know, I I know that's a workaround, and you would expect – That you wouldn't have to do that. And I put this in the design flaw category, but it ain't the end of the world. And it's not going to get, you're not going to catch your house on fire. Now, another thing you can do to prevent grease fires is when you get yourself an 18 pound brisket, trim off one inch of that fat. That fat is not going to base the meat. It doesn't penetrate the meat. We've talked about this. By now, everybody who's listening to this show should understand what we've been preaching for years is that oil and water don't mix, that meat is 70% water, fat is oil. The fat cap cannot penetrate the meat, moisturize the meat and anything. And if you put it face down like you would on a Weber Smoky Mountain because you think it's going to act like a heat shield – if you put it face down on a Weber smoke fire, and then you desu- decide you're going to do the myron mixing technique and crank it up to 325, you're going to melt one inch of a, you know one inch by two feet long by twelve. you're going to melt maybe a quart of fat down into the bottom of that machine, and the ash is going to mix with it, and you might risk a grease fire. So you know, trim your fat, sweep away the ash, um, uh, use a little common sense and it should never be a problem when I tried to say this sort of thing on the internet as one might expect yeah I see you are grinning you know what happened I got vilified now I have worked all my life to build a reputation we have a solid wall between advertising and editorial I have never sold an ad mm-hmm. We don't talk. To, I don't even talk to advertisers. Um, we pay Max full time to test grills and smokers. Now we don't make a nickel off of that. You don't think? I mean, we link to websites that sell and they pay a finder's fee. But you don't think people go on our site, read the review about the Weber smoke fire, and then order it from our through through our site to the Weber? They go to the hardware store and buy it. Max is Max is a loss leader for us. We pay Max because we are doing a service to the barbecue community to teach people, to show people what the cool grills are and what the what the clunkers are. And we are not shilling for Weber or anyone else. And when somebody says that he thinks we're just shilling for whoever, I'm sorry, but I blew my cork, and I made I made some nasty remarks. I used some foul language, something I have never done before on social media. And I guess a lot of people got mad at me about it. Um, we had two, two schmucks who quit the Pitmaster Club because I said nasty things on um, Zuckerman's website. Not my website, Zuckerman's website. So, you know... What can I
2: say? All right. Meathead is on fire here, and you can find him <laughs> at AmazingRibs.com.
0: About, about a great Let's uh, what? talk
2: about the Hasty Bake. The ha- All right. We'll talk about the Hasty Bake here in one minute when we return with Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. I will talk to you quickly about Big Papa Smokers, a one-stop online shop for all things barbecue. They have great rubs and seasonings, 13 actually. Perfectly balanced and will help transform ordinary meals into extraordinary meals. They also have a great relationship with Steph Franklin over at Simply Marvelous Barbecue. So when you put Simply Marvelous and Big Papa together, you're running the West Coast offense. Whatever that means to you, it's different to everybody that uses it. They also have a great sauce that they own called Granny's Barbecue Sauce. So if you're looking to get out of the original or what everybody is using right now and you want to try something new, Granny's might be the one that you want great by itself also a great base sauce if you don't want to make a base on your own and then you can tweak from there they also have a great selection of pellet charcoal and wood cookers if you're looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use you check out the mac two-star general pellet grill big papa's the exclusive online dealer and they also offer special packages that nobody else does if you're not a fan of pellet smokers take a look at the old hickory ace bp the only charcoal smoker on big papa's trailer for his competition team how about that now if you're not sure of what cooker you need really can't go wrong with anything they're selling at bigpapa give them a call if you have questions 877-828-0727 or shop their website at bigpapa smokers.com that's b-i-g-p-o-p-p-a smokers.com that's big papa smokers or meathead stick around We'll be right
1: back Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, we are back in this portion
2: of the show brought to you by CookinPellets.com. So as we talk pellet cookers, use the number one fuel out there on the market today, says me. CookinPellets.com, C-O-O-K-I-N. CookandPellets.com, also available on Amazon if you'd rather shop there, no problem. And we're joined again by Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. All right, so uh, quickly tell us about your favorite cooker, the Hasty Bake. Uh,
0: 30 seconds before we get there. You just did a really nice commercial for one of my favorite uh, suppliers, Big Papa Smokers. Yeah, I sent you a picture from him today uh, relevant to conversations we have had in the past Uh, We have talked about pineapple on the grill, something that you have consistently busted my chops over. And Sterling from Big Papa Smokers sent me pictures today. There they are. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, He marinated them in pickle juice that had had pickled jalapenos in them. Hmm. Then he dusted them with some of his famous rubs and uh, smoked them. And they're just look they look amazing so okay um i we, we we're not um only playing with the smoke fire we've always got multiple devices in the mill, and Max does most of them, but I years ago got my hands on a hasty Bake gourmet, which was uh, i think at the top of the line on their ha on, on the hasty Bake product, and I fell in love with it um and uh i'll tell you about the design uh, in a minute they've just re- the, not, this summer i think it was they released an upgrade something called the hasty bake 357 and it is effing amazing oh wow it's the absolute single best charcoal grill i have ever laid my hands on um I just love it it's fantastic um uh, uh, but it's going to set you back a uh, pretty penny like but what? Like how much is a pretty air- penny? Thirty six hundred. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a bit more than a Weber kettle. Um <laughs> yeah. and a thirty-six Weber kettle. Yeah, right. <laughs> Let me tell you about this thing. Um gosh, I wish I had sent you some pictures. Okay. Um one of the coolest features is is it, it it's rectangular. So you've got a rectangular cooking surface instead of a round cooking surface, which makes it really easy to sit up in two or three zones um, so you can, you know, really control heat. But if, when it comes to controlling heat, the coolest feature is, is it works like a Santa Maria grill in that Santa Maria grills, you can crank the cooking surface up and down, moving it closer to or further from the fire. This one works better. This one, you can move the charcoal up or down. Hmm. The food stays the same. So if you've got something like a big turkey under the hood, it's not going to bump into the hood when you raise it up. So the charcoal raises up and down. It's got a real deep set, set section. And you can drop it down low, like two and a half, three feet. No, I think two and a half feet down below, which is down where – oh, you've got pictures. Um uh, it, 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 it drops down to, um, almost the same kind of distance. Like if you've ever been to dreamland in Tuscaloosa, mm-hmm. uh, the famous, uh, rib joint, uh, where the university of Alabama football players hang out. Uh, hey, Greg, if you can go to amazing com, um, we, I, I've got a, a picture where I labeled it. Well, these are good. Yeah. um, Yeah, okay. We're looking at trays that slide in. You can slide a water pan in, which can also be a drip pan, or it can hold your beans. Uh, You can put the heat deflectors, that's what those are going by, um, uh, above the charcoal, so you turn it into an indirect system. Um, Yeah, there's the heat deflectors. Um, There's the water pan. Um, So... It, it's just got all kinds of versatility built into it. That's the um, the venting system, which they improved over the last one. Um, this uh, And it's got an upper deck. Um, so I'm giving a guided tour here. Um, a, a front shelf that lifts up and down. Uh, it's it just got just about everything you could ever need. The only thing that I don't like about it is, is of course, like every other grill in the world, it relies on a dial thermometer, and I think it 's a Teltru, which is about as good a dial thermometer as you can get, but it 's still a dial oh that 's a great picture if yeah. you can just hold that there um, and and then they did the smart thing they put the Teltru down om- almost on great level because you know most grills it 's way up above, and hot air rises and airflow is a- so they 've got the gr- the thermometer but i just I just you know put a probe in um, uh, but it's just an amazing device with great temperature control for a charcoal grill. It's all stainless steel, um, all the high-quality 304, and it can do just about anything. Mm. Uh, they recommend cooking with lump. I use uh, briquettes on it all the time with no problem. I've even cooked with wood on it. Uh, I got got a hold of mine in August, and I've been cooking on it in winter, with no problems it's double insulated um i just love this thing
2: all right so if you're interested uh, the 357 is uh meathead said is gonna run you 3,000 3600 bucks or something along the lines like that but meathead's favorite cookers uh, and i would just want the hastybake.com, so you can just go ahead and check that out if you're uh, into those kind of cookers go ahead meathead
0: if you don't want to spend that much take a look at their other models this is a design this is interesting this design was first created I think in 1948 or 1950 right around the time of the Weber kettle. It's that old. The, the basic core design hasn't changed that much. It, it they keep tweaking around the edges. I mean double layer insulation, better ventilation and you know better crank sh- uh, systems and so on. But the basic core concept came about in 1948 uh, to 1950. I forget exactly when it was. They're built in Tulsa, not in, uh, overseas. Um, uh, all high-quality stainless steel. Um, and uh, it's just a, a a cooking machine. And you can raise that charcoal up to almost, I think, within two inches oh, wow. of the, of the surface. So, I mean, if you've got hot glowing charcoal and you want to get a good sear on your steak – um, you just raise the charcoal, you know, start it off low for a reverse sear, low and warm, and maybe even on, a, on an indirect side, and then move it over to the direct side, crank the charcoal up right underneath. Man, it it just, it, 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 and it's it, a lot of real estate under the hood. You can cook a lot of food.
2: All right. Meathead is all in love with the Hasty bake, so check yeah. it out. No doubt. Uh, all right. So let's talk about something important. We have St. Patrick's Day coming mm-hmm. up here shortly. Maybe it's next week. I don't know. Uh, and then of 17. course, so two things, pastrami, corned beef. You love pastrami. A lot of people yeah. eat corned beef. Uh, what's the major difference between the two?
0: All right. Um, I'm going to make some broad generalizations. Uh, there's some exceptions to the rules here, but bear with me. Um, in general, corned beef is, is beef often usually made from brisket, although it is occasionally made from the hindquarters and other sections. And it is cured by salt and prog powder number one, sometimes prog powder number two, but that's nitrite. It's a preservative. It turns it pink. It's the same stuff that makes hot dogs, pink and ham pink. And it's just a curing process. Um, and when you go down to the store and you buy corned beef, it usually comes in a uh, vacuum sealed bag with liquid in it because it's usually cured in a liquid um, with some spices floating around. And the spices really don't penetrate very far. And it's very, very salty. So if you're gonna do the traditional process of just you know, throw it in a pot of water, do, improve on your technique a little. Take that baby out of the bag and soak it in cold water in the fridge and change the water every couple of hours and do it overnight or for six or eight hours and remove some of the excess salt. It'll vastly improve the eatability of the corned beef. Second, don't boil it. Boiling it will just shrink every bit of protein and all the muscle fibers. Keep it low at a simmer, 180 degrees or so. Just warm it um, and try not to shrink it. And uh, trim off all the excess surface fat. Sometimes you get a section where you, you know how on a brisket there's flat and point yeah, and in between right. there's a thick layer of fat. Yep. You can trim that out if you want separate the two. Um, and um, you don't have to throw a lot of herbs and spices in there because they're just not going to penetrate. And then wait until it, it'll take you, you know, an hour or so to um, really uh, get it up to, up to temp and um, but wait till towards the end before you throw in the the potatoes, then the carrots, and then the cabbage. Cabbage only needs like 15, 20 minutes. You throw it in at the same time as the meat and it's just gonna disintegrate. So I've got an article on how to cook your classic corned beef and cabbage on amazingribs.com. Uh, I know it's not grilled this this technique, but it's such a great dish. Um, now, if you wanna take it to another level, after you desalinate it soak it in water you can grill it or better still put a pastrami rub and i have a pastrami rub on amazingribs.com called close to cats's pastrami anybody who knows pastrami knows that cats's deli in new york is the king of pastrami and i have gotten very close to duplicating their pastrami rub and if you put this on your corned beef and smoke it you're gonna get pastrami And it's, I'm sorry, all my folks, you know, you yelled at me when I said I loved pineapple. It's one of my favorite things on the grill. Uh, I was going to say, let's make
2: sure that we recount the right story instead of doing revisionist history. You said it was the best thing to come off a grill. Uh, No, 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 no. But uh, you said it was the best thing to come off a grill. That's what you said.
0: All right, well, I'm going to say I think pastrami is the ultimate um, uh, form of
2: brisket. Mm. I prefer it even a Texas um, brisket. You're shaking your head. You're oh, agreeing. I'm a huge pastrami fan. Absolutely. Oh, my oh yeah. yeah, I love it. I mean, I love okay. I love regular corned beef. There's a place downtown mm-hmm. Cleveland uh, that is uh, well-known. Sliman's Deli is well-known for their corned mm-hmm. beef. Been on TV a bunch of times. But I think pastrami is the added level that it needs to really mm-hmm. take it to the next uh, to the next notch. So it, and
0: I'm pretty sure we were the first barbecue website to put the pastrami recipe out there. And now they're all over out there. But I still think ours is the best um and i've gone into great detail on how because there are a couple of different paths you can follow you can steam it you can sous vide it um you can uh, just smoke it you can smoke it and then hit it on the grill we talk about the different techniques so go to amazingribs.com and look up the pastrami recipe and you will not regret it. Um, the one word of caution is don't buy the El Chipo corned beef that's on sale for St. Patrick's Day. Um, try to get a good brand. I don't know how to tell you what a good brand is or how to pick a good brand. What I do is I go to a real butcher. Mm. And a lot of real butchers make their own pastrami. Or um, here in Chicago, um, there's a couple of well-known butchers that make pastrami. But there's a couple of really el cheapo injected ones that are kind of gelatinous and they're not great so try to get a decent pastrami i mean uh, corned beef i keep saying pastrami i mean corned beef and then turn it into pastrami and you will thank me forever
2: all right let me ask you a quick question here before we run out of time aside from what we know on the meat side is there any other iconic saint patrick's day food we should know about or consider making (laughs) <laughs> well just please please don't dye your beer green <laughs> yeah well i mean the city of chicago dyes the whole freaking river cr- uh, green oh, and
0: it's the coolest thing it is it's really um, neat it, it's it's really cool i went down there one day on a bright sunny day and it was fairly warm and the chicago river which has um three branches and it it it, it dissects the city and uh They get out there with a boat, and they dump a green dye in the river, and the whole river is
2: bright, iridescent, kryptonite green. It's
0: really cool. Uh,
2: Other side dishes aside from the the not green beer?
0: Well, I mean, if you're doing pastrami, it's typically served on rye bread, Um, and you don't want to go crazy. Um, A little brown mustard, maybe some sauerkraut, um please don't put uh, mayonnaise on it um if you want to warm it you can it's good cold um if you want to toast the uh, rye bread fine but if you can get a really fresh rye bread loaf that's the way to go or a a marble bread which is a rye bread pumpernickel combination that's the way to go and they make great sandwiches um and and you put your uh, sauerkraut on the side
2: all right, uh, sauerkraut on the side. Meathead breaking it all down for us as we are getting ready to hit up St. Patrick's Day once again. In the meantime, you can find Meathead right over at AmazingRibs.com. Join the Pitmasters Club if you'd like for less than 25 bucks a year. Access to the Pitmasters Club Forum, a monthly pit cast hosted by myself and Meathead as well, where we answer all the questions, good time, and great information, and a good crowd over there that you're keeping, continuing to grow, like 16,000-plus members, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, they're nice people, and we, we make sure that there's no no fights, no flame wars. Uh, uh, it's a very comfortable environment. There are some other forums out there where uh, uh, the minute you step in, they insult you, but not not at the Pitmaster Club. Everybody,
2: welcome over there. Check it out, amazingribs.com, and you'll find Meathead right here the second Tuesday of every month, as you have for years and years past. Uh, next time, Meathead, maybe we talk about the Barbecue Hall of Fame. Sure. Um, uh,
0: I know. Uh, well, let's quickly tell people they are taking nominations. Yes. Just Google Barbecue Hall of Fame. And I personally nominated uh, Greg Rempe. I'm you. sure others have as well. I nominated uh, Meathead, by the way, weeks ago. Please nominate me if you would. Uh, I believe I was nominated officially last year. And so I think I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a a carryover. Yes, that's right. I didn't get in. But yeah. Um, uh, there's only uh, 27 members of the Hall of Fame, and uh, there's 19 living members. So it's a pretty exclusive club.
2: No doubt. Uh, so we will see Meathead back here on the second Tuesday of April. Meathead, always appreciate the time. Always good to hang in with you and the, uh, and the rest of the Centralites. All right, there
0: Happy he Happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody.
2: Meathead, right there, getting ready to go back to work and answer all the questions that were flooding in while he was on the show heavily trafficked barbecue and grilling website as i've mentioned before and again he is the second tuesday of the month regular guest and has been for man quite some time at this point i'd have to go back and check out when we started doing a monthly with him john any idea on how long meathead has been a second tuesday of the month regular Meathead did a barbecue roundtable, I think, before the show was actually a live show, and it was just a, a roundtable, a podcast, one of the original rib roundtables. So that was probably in 2007. Crazy. at right, amazingribs.com to get all the recipes that Meathead was talking about and to see some of the other science. And then, of course, we will be waiting to see how the smoke fire grades out once. Max Good gets back from his traveling. I just release it now. Screw what Max thinks. You hand it in. Get it to press. Let's go. People are interested. Got to wait until next week now. Come on, Max. Stay in town. Get that thing released. Let's go. I don't think Big Green Egg is going to be at HPBA this year either. I think uh, both them and Weber out. And, of course, people wondering why Weber is out. Some people speculating that they don't want to have to put up with the smoke fire talk. They're pulling out. They're not going. Of course, I know a lot of huge companies that are not in the live fire industry that go like every other year. They just don't do their major trade show every year. They go every other year. All right, we're back to wrap the first hour right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back.
1: Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue, it's the Barbecue Central Show. And this portion
2: of the show being brought to you by Fireboard. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously, connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring, or connect via Bluetooth. If you have Google or Alexa Assistant, you're in luck because Fireboard fully integrated with both. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816 2232 We'll see. Uh, we'll see what's happening with Ted Conrad here hopefully in the next couple months. so Get an update on Fireboard, see where they're at, where they're going to be for the rest of the year. Typically they're down at the American Royal event, since they're Kansas City-based or right outside of Kansas City. So they're usually there setting up and having a good time, answering all your questions, dealing on some gear as well. What is this? Referral key? That's going right to the spam box. All right, we are pointing to the second hour. Refresh libations, and we will be back. Stick around. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show on the Barbecue Central Network.